I become more at ease. The forest and nature is the guide. After all the work, it's so worth it. That's the practice. No one is that busy. Kindness is innate in all of us. There's life right beside me. Hello and welcome to the Happiness Is podcast, a limited release series just for the Happiness Conference 2020 aimed at trying to help you find ways to be a little happier in your lives. I'm your host and happiness guinea pig, Danny. In each episode, we will cover one theme and how it relates to happiness, talk to a guest expert on the subject, have them recommend a happiness practice related to that theme, and then try it out ourselves. And if you listening out there want to get involved and try out these practices, listen on to find out more during the episode. When you have a choice... To be right or to be kind. Be kind. Kindness. Be kind. Be kind. Being kind. Be kind. Be kind. Be kind. Be smart. Okay, so after a solid month of trying out all these happiness practices, we have come to the final episode in this series where we'll be covering the theme of kindness and happiness. Just from the title alone, and because I am a bit of a Lao Tiao millennial. The word kindness immediately brings forth the famous image of Singa, the courtesy lion. I don't know if you guys have any impression, but back when I was growing up in the 90s, Singa was all over the place, on TV, on radio, in our hawker centers, and even on ads on the MRTs and buses. And they had this catchy jingle too, right? Like, courtesy is for free, courtesy is for you and me. Oh man, that brings back so many memories. But anyway, this whole episode isn't just a nostalgia trip. We do have an expert to talk to and a happiness practice to try out. So without further ado, let's get right into the initial interview. All right, so today's topic is on the theme of kindness and happiness. And with me is the guest expert on the subject, Dr. William Wan, General Secretary of the Singapore Kindness Movement. Dr. Wan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Danny. Yeah, and so you obviously have a long and storied history and career. You've been involved with law, you've been involved with theology, you've written many, many books. So could you tell us a little bit about who you are and then what you do as well? Well, I am a multi-faceted person. Mm -hmm. That's what they think I am. And I think I am because I have lived my life in chapters. I've been a pastor, lawyer, businessman. Mm. And now uh, running the kindness business. Yeah. And kindness is, of course, a good business because it's a business that will promote happiness and well-being, yeah. health, and a better society. So I've been doing this now for nine years. Mm. I'm, of course, a regular guy with a family and children and grandchildren. Nothing exceptional except I'm very passionate about promoting kindness and helping to make our society a better society. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you say that you're a regular guy, but then you've, you've done so many uh, different things throughout your life. Is there any one particular chapter, uh, as you say, that you are particularly fond of, or is it just this, the, the one that you're currently involved with now? Well, I have uh, always tried to live uh, life to the fullest. So mm. I have lived overseas for 21 years, mm. in fact, 25 in Canada and the US uh, in three, four periods of my life. Mm. And uh, so in many of these places, I've always engaged myself in society, 
So, for example, in Ottawa, where we lived for nine years, I was involved in settling refugees from uh, Cambodia and Vietnam during the 80s mm. when they came as uh, refugees. And I was involved in uh, working with the police department, talking and, and doing workshops with them about uh, uh, cultural sensitivity. Yeah. The idea is to promote a better understanding of the community so that they would be appreciated as police officers and the police officers themselves will also appreciate the different cultural groups they are trying to police so that there will be better mutual understanding and that uh, there would be less crime. Yeah. When you were growing up, did you ever foresee yourself doing, getting yourself involved in all these different activities? Or was it something like uh, maybe some values that were instilled within you while you were growing up? Uh, of course, uh, when I was growing up, uh, I was just a normal kid. Mm. Uh, enjoyed a lot of sports and play. Study was, in those days, <laughs> secondary to most of us. I spent, I remember spending so much time on the soccer field, and rugby field, that I hardly went home after school. Uh, but then, you know, as you grow and you uh, learn a bit more, you become sensitized to the needs of people around you. And I think one uh, most, uh, I suppose, transformative event for me was when I got myself into religion. I, mm. I became a Christian. And I guess as a teenager, that meant a lot to me. Mm. And uh, and I guess I began to read religious books and discover that there's a lot I can do as an individual to make the world a better world. And so that changed my life as well. Mm. So then uh, back to the theme of uh, kindness, right? You're now um, leading the Singapore Kindness Movement. You've been doing that for quite a number of years already. Mm -hmm. So what got you started with this theme of happiness uh, in the first place? What I have found is that in doing what I was doing, uh, trying to be other-centered, trying to think of what good I can do, I find that my life is uh, full of joy. I mean... It is uh, a sense of uh, a well-being, a sense of uh, purposeful living, mm -hmm. a sense of having a direction. Mm -hmm. And uh, so all that uh, contributes to the happiness that I experience. And uh, so now as we move uh, forward into promoting kindness and doing uh, more studies about how kindness impacts on people, mm -hmm. I, uh, I have come across... Uh, a number of uh, studies and researchers that shows the, a positive feedback loop between kindness and happiness. The kinder you are, the happier you're going to be. The happier you are, the kinder you're going to be. Mm. So when you come to uh, kindness uh, uh, practice, uh, it leads to happiness. Mm. So when we talk about happiness practice, it's actually about kindness practice. <laughs> I mean, it's very hard to uh, try to separate the two. Yeah, so, so then I'm just curious, right? In your time uh, being the General Secretary of the Singapore Kindness Movement, what has your experience been like in trying to promote kindness in Singapore? Do you think it's been, you know, people are receptive to the idea? or I would say that 90% and more are receptive. Uh, most people resonate with kindness. Uh, very few people would have objection to kindness. Sometimes people are cynical and they wonder why do we need to have a kindness movement? Mm. Is it because we are not kind enough? My answer is always a standard one, that we are kind, but we can always be kinder. Mm. 
and that there is kindness in everyone is just locked inside us for some reason. Sometimes it's locked in because uh, we have had some very bad experiences and uh, we are not allowing kindness to flow freely out of us. Mm. But kindness is innate in all of us. And if we open and find a key to unlock that, uh, we can actually be a kinder person. Mm. And so to someone who is, say, very cynical about kindness, you know, maybe he doesn't believe that there is an innate kindness in them, what would you say to help them unlock, unlock it or unleash it? I will say that uh, if you will just reflect a bit more, Mm. Uh, you will be able to recall times in your life when people have been kind to you and times in your life where people have been unkind to you. And I will simply ask, how do you feel when people are kind to you? Mm. And how do you feel when people are unkind to you? And I think if they are all going to be very honest, they will say that the feeling is a lot more positive when you receive kindness and a lot less positive when you receive unkindness and therefore, you want to opt for the positive. Mm. So if you know that uh, kindness makes you feel positive, makes you feel happy or good, uh, and so on, then you want to do that. You want to be kind in return mm. so that you can also uh, give people the positive feeling about life. Yeah. In other words, do to others as you want others to do to you. Yeah. And in this case, you know that when people do good to you, be kind to you, be generous to you, smile at you, thank you, you feel good. So do the same. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and precisely, just like you said, you know, it doesn't have to be very, very big actions or, or whatever. It can just be simple gestures. Not, not at all. Mm. In fact, kindness, as uh, NVPCs try to describe it, is they call it micro-giving. Mm. Uh, well, kindness can be big. I mean, a, a big-time philanthropist could be giving millions of dollars as mm. big-time kindness. But for many of us, we, we don't have to be a big-time philanthropist to be giving. And uh, we can give as much as we can afford. A smile is completely free. Mm. A handshake, uh, a look into somebody's eyes and and uh, and give recognition and appreciation and affirmation. They're all free. Mm. So kindness is about doing little things with great love, as Mother Teresa would say. Mm -hmm. And these, of course, the way it links with happiness is because, as you mentioned earlier, these are tied as a positive feedback loop. The, the more kind things you do or the more acts of kindness you do, the more happier or the better your well-being will be. Right? I think it's all part of our DNA. It's how we are wired. Mm. Uh, studies have also shown that, you know, in our body and mind, we have certain neurotransmitters, certain chemicals that are at work. You know, they talk about serotonin, oxytocin, and stuff like that. Mm. And they are real things that kick in that will make us feel better about ourselves. They will make us feel more positive, more sociable, more huggable, mm. more lovable. <laughs> and, uh, and these things are many times generated by being kind. All right, perfect. Okay, so let's uh, get on to talking about the happiness challenge now, the happiness practice. So what, Dr. Wan, what do you have recommended for us? I have for many years uh, begin every day uh, in the morning with time for reflection. Mm. I, I call it the quiet time. Quiet time. Uh, some may call it meditation. It doesn't matter whatever faith you have on even no faith. I mean, it is good to get up in the morning, take some time to center down. Mm. And when you center down, think of the good that you can do, that you're capable of doing. Think of the good that has been done to you and for you. 
and start your day with a sense of gratitude mm. or thanksgiving, and then determine uh, that the rest of the day uh, have a desire to do good. And you always start with the idea that you want to be a positive person. Hmm. You want to bring some happiness to someone, hmm. and that is to think kind thoughts. Hmm. And just by thinking kind thoughts, you feel much better about yourself. And then when you do the kind thoughts you think about in the day along the way, then you discover that actually happiness comes to you. Wow! So I I don't believe in chasing after happiness. I believe in. Acting kindly and happiness will come to you. Huh? I think there's certainly a different perspective. <laughs> so how long? How long? You said you've been doing this for a while. How long have you actually been doing this? Well, since uh, maybe since my late teens. Uh, wow. I've been always every morning you start off the right, day with this. Right. And part of my happiness practice is, as you know, you start the day with positive thoughts and mm. and gratitude. Then you go through the day being very conscious that you can actually make a difference to someone who who come your way, and then at the end of the day, I also take time to uh, consolidate my thoughts, and uh, and just ask if myself if uh, you know I have uh, anything that I should uh, feel thankful for, and I find there are lots of things to be thankful for again, oh. you know, and then uh, is there anything that I could have done better? So you know, it's a time to reflect on how I could improve on certain things, and there may be some regrets. Maybe I was uh, not uh, very patient with someone that day. Then I, I, I need to just seek to do better. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. And in in your opinion, why do you think this is a sort of effective practice for in in terms of uh, improving your well being or happiness? Is it just the idea of like? You start off the day on the right foot, you know, like sort of the idea of like waking up on the right side of bed, kind of thing. I think that and more. Mm. That is true, and and more. Of course, initially when I was doing all this, I just felt good about myself, and I just thought it's just me, right? Mm. Then, as I gone into study and research, and I found that they have actually studied this phenomenon, mm. and uh, they found that in fact it is true that somehow we are wired in such a way. That when we think positively, when we act kindly, and actually good things happen to us, hmm. and including the sense of well-being, which is what happiness is all about. Happiness is actually a sense of well-being. Yeah, and uh, and and it contributes to our well-being physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, and if you are a person of faith, spiritually, of course. Yeah, and uh, so it all adds up. Yeah. Fantastic! I am uh, actually pretty excited to try this out <laughs> because uh, you know when we when we first uh, arranged this interview and then I asked you to prepare the happiness practice, I was expecting something like oh, do three acts of kindness a day for a week or something like that. So I was already like a little bit nervous about you know do I have to open doors for people? Or do I have to go and volunteer or something? This seems more feasible, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. the fact is that if you think about those things that. Are positive and you're open. Your eyes are open. Your hearts are open. Then yeah. every day you come to you naturally. It's not an act you put on. You see, exactly. If it's purely an act that you put on, then you're just doing things for doing things' sake. It's not quite the same as when you are committed to just truly and genuinely and authentically wanting to be a blessing to somebody. Exactly, precisely. And that was my concern as well. Is that 
you know, if if we did a challenge whereby it was like, oh, do three acts of kindness, and then I just did the acts of kindness just for the challenge. Afterwards, then I stopped doing them. Then it's like, it sort of defeated the purpose, right? Yeah, it doesn't really work that way. Yeah. Yeah, it so, doesn't work that way. Yeah, so 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 by doing this, uh, you call it quiet, quiet time? Quiet time or uh, a time of centering down. Centering down. Yeah, because during the, the, the day, you'll find that we're all diffused yeah. and uh, a lot of things would uh, demand our attention. So the morning time and the evening time, you know, the moment we wake up and the time just before we go to bed, those are good times to 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 center down and and listen to our own heartbeat. Mm. And 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 I really like that because I think why that is uh, so so strong, I guess, to the idea of kindness is because it, it sort of recenters your base. Yes. Such that throughout the day, now you'll be thinking from that. Now I'm sprouting from a positive base. I'm sprout, I'm doing yes, everything right. from a sort of proper source instead of just thinking along the lines of I'm just doing this for the sake of a challenge or for the sake of this for the sake of that it's also a refreshing thing to say in a way yesterday is gone tomorrow may never come we only have today so if you start every day with the thought that you have today and your job is not about tomorrow Mm. and it's not about worrying about what will happen next year it's about what you want to be today yeah perfect so for you listeners out there who want to try along for the challenge as well, we will summarize this. So the name of the challenge is a quiet time or centering down, right? And then you can do it at the beginning of your day once you wake up. And how long would you recommend to do this? Uh, it doesn't have to be very long. Mm. For some people, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Right. For some of us who, who, who have been doing this longer, it could be half an hour, mm. you know, and I... Uh, my quiet time is uh, is something that I have in a sense because of my relationship in my faith with God. So I communicate, I pray with thanksgiving, I read with gratitude, and I look forward to fulfilling the day. Mm. Yeah, and exactly. And when you get into that quiet space, you know, uh, as you said earlier, allow the sort of thoughts of uh, people doing kindness, acts of kindness to you, and then uh, allow thoughts of uh, what acts of kindness have you done, and then try to recenter yourself around this base of positivity yes. and kindness. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I guess you could try doing that for a period of time and then, you know, post whatever results you have on Instagram or whatever. All right. Uh, this has been a pleasure talking to you, Dr. Wan. Thank you, Danny. There's a word I know and it starts with K. Word is kindness. Kinder. Kindness. 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 Kindness is cooler, Mrs. Ruler, she said. Bravo! A slice of nice makes a mile of Okay, so that was the expert interview with the venerable Dr. William Wan of the Singapore Kindness Movement, and he has given us the happiness practice called Centering Down. So straight up, my initial thoughts on this challenge is that I actually am quite relieved. I was expecting something like opening doors for strangers or helping Amas cross the road or something. So doing a sort of gratitude practice is more of my alley, to say the least. So anyway, Dr. Wan pointed out that we have to spend some time in quiet reflection at the beginning of our day and before we go to bed. So for the next five days, uh, this is going to be part of my routine. All right, so I prepared my recorders. 
I've got into my sleeping clothes and I am just about ready to go to bed. I will begin the practice starting tomorrow morning. See you then. Hello, good morning and welcome to day one. So yeah, let's begin this practice. So reflect on the acts of kindness that I have been given and that I have given and uh, use that to recenter your being around kindness. So one thing I can start off with is that I am definitely grateful for the kindness of all the participants in this series so far. Definitely all the experts that I've interviewed the time that they've uh, given and recommended challenges and everything. Very grateful for that. I'm also very grateful for the kindness of my wife. Um, you know, when she prepares meals, when she buys stuff for our home. I'm working on some projects right now that I am going to be collaborating with some other people and I am grateful for their time. Yeah. <laughs> In terms of acts of kindness that I have given... Hmm... Well, there was that one incident the other day. Um, as I was leaving the apartment, I noticed my neighbor, they had their keys still stuck in the door. So uh, I just knocked on the door, told them the keys were there. Doing the laundry, doing dishes, preparing meals. What else? Yeah, I'm not sure. So I guess um, that's it for the first part of uh, day one of centering down, the morning part. Um, should I do anything during the day, I will reflect about it in the evening and then uh, we'll go from there. So yeah, this is the end of day one, part one. currently about 10 45 11 p.m and it is time for the evening portion of uh, centering down so this is still in day one so uh, dr william one did mention that we have to think about the acts of kindness that we have given acts of kindness that we've received and uh, how we can do better uh, in the next day so i'll start with the acts of kindness that i've given um, today I prepared lunch for my wife and then the second one was that uh, in my in my work for my clients I sort of went the extra mile so then in terms of acts of kindness received so today I made a trip to the uh, small Asian grocery here in Baltimore and when I was approaching the store, there was this gentleman standing outside and uh, he opened the door for me. So that was pretty kind of him. And then uh, as I was browsing for stuff, I was looking for a strainer. I was looking for that in the store, couldn't find it. So I asked the owner and the owner was pretty kind to leave her cash register and show me around the store to where I can find it. So yeah, those are the two acts of kindness that I've given and received. Yeah, so in terms of how to do better, I'm not sure. Maybe going forward, I'll just do it more more of like um, 
setting my mind frame, you know, setting my mindset so that to frame uh, the, the acts and what I'm perceiving on a day-to-day basis more, th- more through this lens of kindness than I have been doing before. So yeah, so that's day one. I'll see you for day two of Centering Down. Hello again and welcome to day two of Centering Down. This is the first part, the morning segment. Uh, so I just woke up, I am drinking some coffee and I've done the sort of Centering Down reflection. So I just want to point out that last night I didn't really sleep very well um, because I have this thing called restless leg syndrome. Right off the bat, when I wake, when I woke up, um, wasn't feeling too good, a little bit moody, you know, but hopefully this centering down practice will help in some way. So yeah, that's the morning segment. I'll catch you in the evening. Hello again for the uh, evening portion of centering down. This is day two. You know, I think that heading into this challenge, right, I was confusing kindness with um, altruism. That is, the idea of um, to be kind meant that I had to be selfless or that I had to act selflessly, right? So I had this idea whereby kindness is doing acts whereby you are selfless and you are thinking about other people uh, than yourself. And then starting this challenge and putting more thoughts into kindness and doing a little bit of uh, research as well, what I now realize is that altruism is only a subset of kindness and that kindness is in fact broader, both in scope and meaning. For example, right, I don't need to go out and volunteer on my weekends helping disabled children <laughs> to be kind. Right? Treating them with decency and respect is already kind enough, uh, if you get what I mean. So to this regard, I am thankful for the kindness in the line of work that I now do, uh, especially to all the guests that I have interviewed for my other shows, Screwed Up Moments. It is not easy to talk about your own pain and suffering, but they were gracious in their demeanor and in their sharing, and I extended the favor back to them with my own kindness in how I treated and listened to their story. So, how can I be better at being kind? Well, maybe it is as simple as uh, better understanding what it is so that um, I have the tools to sort of recognize, acknowledge, and then return acts of kindness. Yeah, so that's day two. Let's see how things will go moving on to day three. Good morning. This is the third day of the happiness practice, centering down. Um, I think for this challenge, much like the, the other challenges and the other practices as well, the effects of it, I think it won't be as immediate and uh, as direct, you know. Because, um, say, say, compare this to opening your senses and sit spot, where it's sort of, it's similar in the way that these challenges, uh, like centering down, carve out a sort of space uh, for yourself to sort of get into the challenge and, um, you know, play along the theme in that sense. 
But the difference is those challenges were more <laughs> action-oriented to put in a way because you had to do something, right? Whereas for this challenge, what you had to do was just basically reflect. And I'm guessing that um, big changes don't come too immediately from that. Hello and welcome to the evening portion of day three of Centering Down. So given that the focus of this practice is more on reflection rather than action, I think moving forward, I will just be sharing my thoughts rather than um, talking about, you know, the acts of kindness that have been given and received, you know, throughout the day. So yeah, so I had this discussion with my wife and we were talking about the culture of kindness in Singapore and Asia and how it tends to be a lot of times outward focused, you know? Like we always hear about um, be kind to our neighbors, be kind to our fellow citizens, our family, our friends, and we almost never hear of this idea of being kind to ourselves. And so we were wondering, right, what kind of ramifications would this kind of culture create? What are we missing by excluding this narrative of kindness to self? So this, of course, is a big question. But I think we can sort of start to chip away at it by considering first, what does it mean to be kind to yourself? We roughly establish what being kind to others means, right? You know, demeanor, uh, respect, how you treat them. So would these apply with self-kindness as well? I think this should be the starting point because as cheesy as this next phrase may sound, I don't think you can truly be kind towards others unless you are first kind to yourself. And this whole settering down practice would be for naught unless you first figure that out. Therefore, to all you guys uh, out there listening and trying this practice, pat yourself on the back. Congratulate yourself for providing the space to reflect upon your kindness and hopefully how you can be kind to yourself. This has been day three. I'll see you for day four. So we're here at day four of the uh, kindness and happiness challenge. It is a lovely morning. I finally had some decent sleep last night. So I figured out the reason, right, was that um, for the previous three nights, we let the cat sleep in our bed. But because of the angle and we don't want to kick it off and our bed isn't that wide, uh, we have to squeeze in. And so that, that smaller cramped space coupled with the fact that we are uh, constantly worried about kicking the cat off the bed uh, kept us awake at night. Yeah. <laughs> so in, um, in line with uh, what we said last night regarding being kind to ourselves, 
we kicked the cat out <laughs> so that we could have a full nights of sleep and that's what we did hello good evening and welcome to the evening segment of day four today i've just been thinking a lot about stuff over the past few days especially with regards to being kind to yourself and i came across this statistic it's a kind of a shocking statistic so with regards to prescriptions right and taking medicine there's this uh, statistic going around that for every 100 prescriptions that are given about a third never even fill up that prescription and then of the remainder half of that take the prescription and they either don't complete it or they don't even bother to eat it or to take the medicine and which leaves only a third that actually uh, take the medicine and recover from whatever illness that they're suffering from now I don't want to pass any judgment I'm just uh, stating sort of facts here from what has been observed but how this relates to being kind to yourself is interesting we may live in a culture or society may tell us that we have to be kind and uh, to other people treat our neighbors well you know our family our friends but sometimes the degree to which we don't treat ourselves well or kindly can be shocking and I know that in reality there are other factors that contribute to this statistic you know there may be tons of other barriers maybe the patient can't afford the medicine maybe the medicine side effects are just too much to handle and it's, it's kind of sad but the thing is the question that we have to deal with right is that is this being kind if you're not taking your medicine right or to put it in a different way if there is a sort of roadmap to recovery or to getting better improving or whatever then is taking this sort of quote-unquote easy way out necessarily being kind to yourself now of course it can seem like a privileged view to put things this way and as i've mentioned sometimes people don't do this because they don't want to get better but because they really can't but the thing is i've also come across a different explanation for why this statistic happens well basically the idea is that we're not kind to ourselves because we don't we don't think that we deserve to be kind to ourselves it's a strange thought i think a lot of people on its service will definitely not agree but i think this holds some weight in a sense that maybe you've done some bad things in your life maybe you haven't always been perfect maybe you've been a little bit too hard on yourself and that's why in certain scenarios when the opportunity or the path to redemption appears you don't deem yourself worthy to walk that path regardless of how hard it may be how challenging it may be how difficult it may be yeah so this is really all just to say that being kind to yourself can be very very important more so than treating others well or not and maybe difficult it may require a lot of self-admission may require a lot of peeling back the layers and you know 
asking yourself some really hard questions. But that's where the truth lies. And if you're not speaking the truth and we're not honestly admitting what our problems are and where we can solve them, then I really don't know if there's anything to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty grim. But good news is that that's the end of day four. Um, I think we made a bit of progress. And yeah, we'll see how things finish for day five. Hello and good morning. Welcome to the final day of Centering Down. This is the morning segment. It is a beautiful, beautiful morning. As we come around to the final day of this practice, and I guess the final day of this entire series, I... A bit of mixed feelings, actually. You know? Um, It's been fun doing all these different challenges, you know, trying out all these different things, all the different themes. But at the same time, I, I realized that, you know, just doing it, the practice, the practice is just doing it once and forgetting about it is not really going to help you in the long run. You have to keep at it and um, you keep trying and that's when you will see uh, over the long run some really, really uh, feasible I'll say feasible, tangible changes uh, to your happiness and to your well-being. So yeah, last day of this kindness and happiness practice. You know, I can't really say for sure that this practice has made me any kinder or any happier, uh, at least uh, perceivably so, over these past four days. But what I can say is that it has given me the opportunity to sort of sort of sit down and think about what kindness and happiness means. And I think that um, will go a long way towards actually making those changes. So yeah, uh, hope you all out there who are trying out this challenge, you know, hope you all are, you know, feel maybe roughly the same way. Maybe you guys have had more changes than me, but... Have a good day on your final day and then I'll see you in the evening segment to wrap up this whole thing. Yeah. And the U.S. has passed a grim new milestone in the pandemic. More than 225,000 Americans have now lost their lives. Most workplaces across Singapore have shut as the country begins what's being called a circuit breaker. In just one week, another 6.6 million people filed for unemployment benefits. Pay cuts and job losses are looming for Singapore as COVID-19 continues to bite. Hey guys, Danny here. So obviously, if you've been listening to the Happinesses podcast episode so far, you might have noticed that it is a little bit dated and that it lacks any mention of the giant thing that's been looming over our heads in 2020. 
And the reason for that, and the reason why I'm interjecting at this moment instead of playing the evening segment of day five, is that this podcast project and actually the Happiness Conference itself was supposed to be released around end March. But of course, as everyone listening should know, that was when COVID-19 really started to spread in Singapore. A lot of people lost their jobs. The tourism industry was decimated. Singapore is placed under circuit breaker and inevitably a lot of events such as the conference and projects such as this one were cancelled or delayed. That's the reason why you're hearing this right now instead of a day five evening segment is because by the time I came around to recording this part, I had no idea whether or not this podcast was even going to air. Yeah, that's after putting in tons of hours into the production, into recording all the interviews, into doing the happiness practices, and into editing down to the final episode cuts. It sucks, it really does, and I can't even begin to imagine how Happiness Initiative must have felt to have to postpone their conference, but of course, I couldn't just stick around and wait for projects to magically resume, and so I moved on to doing other things, keeping the previously recorded and edited episodes in my hard drive should they ever be relevant again, which thankfully it did, evidence of course by the fact that you're able to listen to this right now. But fret not, despite the fact that COVID-19 robbed this episode of its originally intended ending, I think how Singapore has changed and how Singaporeans have reacted to this pandemic could provide us with some passing lessons on kindness after all. This despite the fact that at the start of the pandemic, many Singaporeans were not too kind when they rushed to buy up all the masks and hand sanitizers. This despite the fact that many online were not too kind when they became aggressive or xenophobic towards foreigners, especially those from China. And this despite the fact that many complained about being cooped up at home or unable to travel like they used to in the midst of a health crisis. Despite all of these things, these generally unkind things that we hear of time and time again. I think Singapore has also shown how kind it can be. You have big institutions like our government putting the health and safety of our citizens as its top priority. You have private communities and social organizations seeking to distribute masks to the less fortunate. You have individuals showing acts of kindness to complete strangers or even volunteering to help the migrant workers stuck in their dormitories. All of these acts of kindness happen each and every single day. And amidst the bleak economic environment that we currently find ourselves in, we should do well to remember them, to be grateful for them, and to use them as examples of how we can be kind. And more importantly, like Dr. Wan emphasizes, how we can become kinder. It won't be an easy process, it won't happen overnight, and it definitely won't be perfect. But if Singaporeans can still stay resolute and compassionate despite all that's happened, I think that is something worth hanging on to. And I think within the context of this centering down practice, 
makes for a rather appropriate ending, don't you? A project that was derailed, salvaged by the year itself that was derailed by COVID-19. And with that, we have come to the end of this episode and to the end of this mini-series, Happiness Is. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you to all that have participated in the practices. I hope you enjoyed the series and that you learned something new along the way. Once again, if you're interested in trying out the practice for yourself, you can find all the steps in the description and on the conference website. With that being said, this podcast was produced and edited by me, Danny Cordy, on behalf of Fable Productions, and I hope to see you guys at the coming Happiness Conference 2020. See you there. <music>